This week on Erotic Awakening, BDSM in Second Life. Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink, each week we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Hi, Jim. Hi, guys. Yeah, you actually talked back this time. (laughs) Today we are sitting in the beautiful Studio B. Also known as the living room. And we've got our, our beautiful Samsung, I wish my cock was that big microphone. Yes, yes. <laughs> it does look very naughty. It does look very naughty. And we are sitting here with our slave Jim, who just got done mm-hmm. serving tea to one of the people in our community. Yes, and it was a lovely tea. It was a lovely tea indeed. Not everything that we do involves sex. Unfortunately. No. Oh. <laughs> nice. Although the conversation did take a turn to the strange discussion of chinchilla cock socks. Yes, I have no clue how we got there. There may be another show about that in the future. So today we are talking about the BDSM experience within Second Life. Right. You and I don't have a whole lot of experience in this, and and Jem has a little bit of experience with the Second Life in general, but fortunately we have an expert to tell us all about it. That's a good thing. (laughs) It's a good thing because we're pretty clueless. Absolutely. But we had a wonderful conversation and we'll get to that in just a moment. Mm -hmm. But first, I got to tell you about some other stuff. Okay, great. For example, I want to tell you about one of the local groups around here, here in central Ohio. To the south of us, there's a brand new group called the Prestige Group. And they're doing something a little interesting. Okay, what's that? They're going to start off with an educational demo on introduction to knife play. Ooh. Well, that's nice, introduction to knife play. Mm-hmm. And they're following that up with a rocking good time as the group breaks out the Wii's, PS3's, and Xboxes for a virtual rave. Break out your guitar hero, Dance Dance Diva, and Rockstar Shine. I could take my boy. You could take your boy. Whoa, that'd be perfect for a rave. Yes, I would. So if you are in the central Ohio area, I guess southern Ohio area, this is happening on January 30th from noon to 7 p.m. Only five bucks. Get wow. you in. And you can RSVP via FetLife. Just check, look for the Prestige Group. It sounds like a lot of fun. So I, I'd have to watch. <laughs> I've never played either one of those. Oh, you could get them to bust out the uh, Wii Bowling. Oh, maybe. That. Hey, I'm a little more exciting than that. <laughs> well, the uh, virtual Wii fucking, I don't know that that's out No, we're going to be talking about that later. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, what else do I want to tell you about before we get going? You know what? Here's an interesting event. Now, we talk about all these different kinds of events that we get to go to. Right. Well, here's an event we've never got to go to yet that I want to go to. Oh, it's I a think little... I know what you're going to say, and I really wanted to go this year. It's a little bit different from a lot of the events mm-hmm. that we've talked about before. This is called Frolicon. Yes. Frolicon is an adult-orientated science fiction convention. Oh. <laughs> I'd love to go. It sounds awesome. Have you heard of Frolicon before, Jim? 
No, but I'm already getting pictures of hot girls in anime costumes already. I'm <laughs> getting pictures of tentacle sex. <laughs> there are all kinds of fetishes of most any type. Cosplayers, gamers, role players, swingers, and party people who come together for a convention-going experience. And they do something that no other convention can do, they tell me. They bring fandom, geekdom, and kinkdom together under one roof, mixing all these interests into a big celebration. Ooh, that would be interesting. I actually have a high school friend that's into fandom. Hmm. Can you I imagine do. bringing her to that? <laughs> a great way to convert over your Facebook friends. Yes. I have no clue about her life, and she has no clue about mine. <laughs> I could walk around wearing my collar, and nobody would look twice. Exactly. Not only is it 50 kink track classes, 50, 50. kink track wow. classes, 1,200 attendees, 40 think track classes. I don't know what a think track is. Involves the brain instead Ooh. of the... <laughs> the lower regions. Sex vending areas... Nighttime programming, parties, prizes. Um, so that's Frolicon. And you can find out more about Frolicon at frolicon.com. But that, again, something we haven't done before. Sounds pretty interesting. It does indeed. Now, the only other one that I want to mention is that there is a really nice thing that the, um, the people from Dark Odyssey are doing right now. Mm-hmm. As we're putting out this podcast right now, there's right. The, uh, the terrible thing that's going on in Haiti right now. And what uh, Dark Odyssey is going to do is if you register for Winter Fire, they will donate $20 for each new registration to Doctors Without Borders to help the relief effort in Haiti. That is just a fabulous idea, mm-hmm. a great way to raise money for... To send to a worthy program. Yeah, and now that's only good for now through January 25th. And if they raise at least $1,000, and PuckerUp.com will match that and double the donation. Nice. So you can find out more about that at DarkOdyssey.com. So, a great event and a great way to donate. So a little recap real quick. DarkOdyssey.com to find out about that. Prestige Group, Saturday, January 30th. Crank it up. And Frolicon, which is happening Easter weekend, April 9th through the 12th in Atlanta, Atlanta Georgia. Georgia. So last week we talked a lot about the stuff that we had going on personally. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking a little bit about what the community has going on out there. And they always have great stuff, you know. There's something going on in every state. So it's just really interesting that if you are of a mind to go to a different events, there are a lot of stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And we should talk more about that in a minute. Okay. But first, yes. what if you didn't hear me say Easter weekend and you said, uh, Don, I didn't hear that. Could you tell, give me some more information about that? Or you said, Don, I hear about this whole tentacle sex thing. If I buy you a ticket for Frolicon, <gasps> can I take you and shove my tentacle in you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don's answer would be, let me check with Master first. Oh, yes. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> so how could they get a hold of us? And since Jim's sitting here... Let's make her read the ways to get a hold of us. You can get a hold of us at Erotic Awakening at BlueCatServices.org. The website also has the contact form um, for FetLife. We're the group Erotic Awakening. Um, you guys have a voicemail number. Do people even call that? On yes. occasion. Uh, okay. Actually, they do. Okay. Uh, the number is 206-309-0054. And then my personal favorite, Twitter, of course, 
is um, you guys are Dan and Don. And why is that your favorite? I'm a Twitter whore. <laughs> <laughs>
the group that you're associated with, the the Dominion Femdom, uh, my understanding is you guys have over 2,000 members? We do. We have over 2,200 members, and we're actually not the largest femdom organization in Second Life. There is another one that is over 3,000, and I think the largest is over 4,400. So it's it's very popular, and um, we have some very active and, and serious people who are serious about the lifestyle and who are not just playing online, who are you know active in real life as well in their fetish communities or just playing at home. So what's it like? What is the actual experience for somebody who's not seen Second Life before? Although, I, you know, I've looked at your, your YouTube videos. But for right. somebody who doesn't know anything about it, what is the experience that they – I mean, I understand the concept of a chat room, but it's much mm-hmm. more than that, right? Well, the big advantage that Second Life has over um, a chat room like or something like IRC is that you can actually have shared experiences. So we do things like we have – live concert live concerts um live musical performances are a big thing in second life u2 has performed in second life um quite a number of very famous musicians have performed in second life so you can stand in a virtual way next to your boyfriend girlfriend sub friend whatever and listen to music together you can dance together you can go to classes together uh it's just a different way to socialize and you can that extra element of being able to do things together and have a shared experience. Okay. Well, just to keep it on topic for this podcast, what about the sex? People have sex. Sex sex is big in Second Life. Sex sells, of course. And um, I think uh, that's one of the very first things people do when they come to Second Life. And I'll be perfectly frank. First thing I did, I wanted to know about virtual sex, went to a sex place, dropped my trousers and hopped on what's called a pose ball, which is something that animates your avatar, which is your character in Second Life. And uh, there are lots of escorts and prostitution places in Second Life, lots of uh, services offering webcam and voice. Uh, there are pro-doms in Second Life who charge for their services, and some people do so well they're actually making a real living doing it. Um, I will say, though, having been in Second Life over two years now, the concept of virtual sex, you know, it had it, it had its moment because it was so novel initially, but it gets pretty tired pretty fast. And any scening that I do with my subs in Second Life is me instructing them to do things in real life. So I don't do so much of the role-playing sex anymore. But it's fun and it's popular and it's a conduit to um, real-life play that people get into as well and, and uh, involve things like voice and webcam. Now, when you say that people are hooking up with dames, real-time dames, are they interacting with their avatar to avatar, or are they just using Second Life as a front end to take it to another medium? I think it's a little bit of both, actually. I mean, there are certain things that a dom will do with their sub. You know, we have our subs wear collars, there are cuffs and other fetish gear. You can go the whole nine yards if you want to. It just really depends on how into it you are. Um, but a lot, I would say a lot of the doms at our place anyways who mostly don't consider themselves to be role players, um, they use it just mainly as a conduit for real-life play and the little sort of um, furnishings that you can get with Second Life and the little luxuries can, can embellish it a little bit, but it certainly can't replace any real-life instruction and play you're doing with your sub, in my opinion. Okay. Um, Ava. Yes. Sorry, I'm jumping, by the way. Um, 
when you say that you, you kind of try to keep things, you know, interact real in, with between the avatars, I know with the avatars in Second Life, you can make them look however you want. Um, yeah. Do you guys try to maintain that real element, try to make them look like you're, you in real life, or are there, you know, do people go out on the deep end and, you know, turn into animals? <laughs> well... It really spans the spectrum because there are people who, of course, there are the, there's a big furry community in Second Life. Um, there's lots of people who do play animals. They play vampires with fangs and all sorts of different, you know, gothy-looking skins. Um, there are lots of people who are very interested in having a very fantastically beautiful avatar. Hey, if you can be beautiful, why not? But the opposite side of that is there. Uh, there is a group of people that are um, almost anti-beautiful <laughs> in Second Life who uh, make sure that their avatar tries, you know, represents them as closely as possible. Um, there are a lot of people who uh, make their avatar appear heavier, especially women. They think it's very sort of misogynistic that a lot of the avatars are very gorgeous and beautiful and unrealistic. Um, the um, disabled community is fairly active in Second Life. You'll see some people in wheelchairs as well. And, um, yeah, so it really, it really depends. So there are some people who just go the whole nine yards, live out their fantasy, and there are other people who think it's important to have a real representation of how they look. Wow. Yeah. I, I have to, I'm becoming impressed. Yeah, so it sounds like a whole community out there. So and So it goes beyond the game. From what it sounds like, and well, I, I know community is a key word for sure. Sorry to interrupt you. No, please go ahead. No, I was just going to say community is a, a key word for sure because I know I consider our place, the Dominion, to be a community, and we have the opportunity to network with people from all over the world to socialize with them, to become friends and and you know family lovers, whatever. And it really is a community, and there are hundreds, if not thousands, of communities based on common interests and common goals in Second Life. Okay. Now, let me ask you about this. Now, obviously, there's a lot going on in here. And I look at just for yourself. You, you're part of a you, – you publish a Femdom magazine. You, uh, you have some stuff up on YouTube. As we've mentioned, you have over, I think you said, 2,200 members. And there's a lot going on there. Um, I see that you even have a, a holiday issue of the Femdom magazine. Right, yeah. That's our eighth issue that we put out in December, and we'll be doing our ninth issue towards the uh, end of January. And Femdom Magazine doesn't just cover the Dominion Femdom. It covers the whole Femdom community, the greater community in Second Life. And there are probably dozens of Femdom organizations in Second Life, so we try and cover everybody. But I'm sure that some people that are on there are purely there, or I would guess, are purely there for the role-play aspect, for the escapism, for being someone that they don't really want to be in real life. And mm -hmm. for my own, the closest that I can get is um, I know this guy that looks like me that used to play this game called WoW. <laughs> and, right. Um, you know, you, you jump on there, and you're, uh, you know, but I never wanted to do that kind of stuff, right? Do you think that Second Life has some people involved in the BDSM aspect of Second Life that really have no interest in making it a real-time thing. It's just something that they like to do online. Absolutely. For sure, uh, Second Life it 
is definitely just a role play activity for many, many members. And when you run into trouble is when the people who are role playing are interacting with the people who consider it to be, you know, they're themselves and they're really networking. And that's when you kind of run into problems. But, um, you know, there are a lot of people here who, because of personal circumstances or, you know, maybe they're too shy or whatever, are never going to have any sort of interaction in real life in, in a BDSM setting. And uh, maybe they're married, maybe their spouses don't know about it. And I, I know this happens for a fact because I've heard it time and time again. And this is where they get their little fix. Um, that being said, there are also a lot of people who are curious to it. And this is sort of a stepping stone for them. And they get involved in the community. And, you know, we have, a, as you know, because, Dan, because I met you on FetLife, we have a group on FetLife. And, you know, they start networking in their local communities. And it's sort of a, a way for them to get enmeshed in it. So it's a little bit of both, again, which seems to be my standard answer. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. All right, and, and speaking of FetLife, so preparing hmm. to do this interview, did some um, exploring around on the different BDSM Second Life forums, and I came across this, and I'll read this little quote for you, and you can tell me what you think about this. Okay. Uh, this person says, I'm one of the people who does view Second Life as real. If you meet me in Second Life, you're meeting me not as some puppet that I'm, I am manipulating, but for me... Second life is an extension of reality. People we meet, the relationships we develop, sexual, non-sexual, the emotions we feel, they are all real. Mm-hmm. Is, do you feel that's the, is that the common second life person or is that a little more extreme than the normal? Is that how you feel about it? I would say that that is probably the more common view. Of course, there are always exceptions to that. And I definitely agree. I'm not role-playing. I have friends. You know, my friends would lie to me or deceive me in some way. I would be hurt. I have people that I love that I see and socialize with on Second Life. And, you know, if we have problems, it it affects me in, in real time. In fact, there are people who have an aversion to the term first life and second life. Uh, First life referring to your real life, you know, in the real world, because they say, you know, I only have one life, so I shouldn't be referring to one as my first and one as my second, or one is real, the real world, and one is not the real world, because their emotions and their feelings are, are very real to them. Okay, that makes sense to me. So, but I, I have a question about this. I mean, this person is saying that that's the real them, but if you're on the other side of the screen, how do you know it's the real them? I mean, how do you know that who you're talking with is really, you know, if they say they're a 40-year-old dom or dame, how do you know it's not a, you know, 22-year-old or whatever? Is there something in place for that, or do you just take it on faith? Well, I I think anybody with any sort of common sense, is if you're going to get intimately involved past exchanging pleasantries you're going to start exchanging some real life information and um, there are absolutely people who are deceptive here there are people who hide behind their computers there are people who um, you know don't don't share any personal information because again perhaps they're married or their their life is hidden or whatever but um, I will say anybody that I'm intimately involved with and I mean not just sexually but also friends that I know what they look like in real life I'm I know what their voice sounds like. Um, we've exchanged details. A lot of people have exchanged phone numbers, addresses, things like that. But 
but you know being safe that's not something you do right away that's something you do after you make a connection and get to know somebody so it's a lot of common sense if somebody's telling you you know I'm really a celebrity in real life and I'm I'm rich and I'm 25 years old and I'm gorgeous you know you're going to question that right so I think if you use common sense you you can be pretty safe but I mean everybody can be fooled too you can be fooled in real life as well sitting across somebody at a dinner table you know so just try and be smart that makes a lot of sense What's the biggest thing that I'm going to gain, and maybe just to make it more personal, what's the biggest thing you've gained from your participating in Second Life? Well, I have to say, I remember being out walking my dogs before I joined Second Life, laughing with a girlfriend. Have you heard about that crazy virtual world where you know, people live out whole other lives, and it seems so ridiculous, and it did seem really ridiculous until I got in here, and it it's a fantastic experience for me on a couple of different levels. On one level, just as a creative person, I'm a designer in real life. You can create anything. You can build cities. You can um, build furniture. You can do, I'm building a New Year's party set tonight, you know, that can just be virtually anything. And the design in Second Life is just stellar. There's amazing artists here. Um, and there's all sorts of different things you can do to express yourself. So that's a really big thing to me. It's really exciting to do that. And the other thing is, you know, I live in um, a reasonably small city in Canada, in Western Canada, and there isn't a big scene here. And for me to have the opportunity to meet like-minded people and network with them, people from all over the world and have friends and have a big femdom organization, there's there's nowhere in real life that that exists. So to me, that's really gratifying and, and fulfilling. And those are probably the two the two biggest things I get out of Second Life. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess the, uh, since we have you on here and you're um, giving us such great information so far, if you don't mind, I, I'll ask you the one that I keep hearing from our uh, people that are more skeptical about either Second Life or any other uh, non-real-time right. experience. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that it is... Right, well, I'll tell you a story. A friend of mine who I hadn't seen in a long time said, oh, it's nice to see you again. Oh, I, oh yeah, I've been a Dame for two years now. And I said, oh, that's fascinating. I can't believe I haven't seen you in the same circles that I run in. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, yeah, I've got a, three boys, one in Germany and one here and one there. And I said, well, that's great. And she says, oh, yeah, yeah, you'll have to log into Second Life sometime and, mm-hmm. and check it out. Right. Do you think that that experience – transfers over as easily as this person seemed to think from virtual to real time and i don't think I, I, the question's not necessarily is one valid and the other not but how compatible are those experiences well i think i think i'd be kidding myself if i thought having a boy kneeling at my feet in real life is the same as me having a boy kneeling at my feet in second life or you know, having any sort of scene or whatever. Um, so it's not the same and it, it doesn't replace it. But that being said, you know, anybody who's done any sort of scene knows that it's the power exchange, it's the emotional connection that you have with somebody. That is the most thrilling part, uh, more so than being tied up or being, you know, whipped or somebody using a crop or whatever. And um, you can definitely get that in a virtual way. And people have been doing it for a long time before Second Life. People have been on IRC and all sorts of chat platforms, having these 
sometimes really intense and important relationships. I've um, owned my sub in real life and in Second Life for over a year and a half. So, I mean, it's not it's not a fleeting or, um, you know, unserious thing for me. It's, it's a very serious thing and meaningful to me as well. And I take my responsibility very seriously, but it can't, it can't replace real play. It's not, it's not exactly the same, but it, like you said, it's, I, I think it's still valid. Definitely. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. So I know you were saying that it's an emotional connection and things like that, but I know for me, it's also an energetic connection. So in energetic, you can definitely get, you know, skin to skin or, you know, just looking in someone's eyes or, you know, a connection like that. So, you know, without having tried it out, I just, I just question, how do you get that online? I mean, obviously you are because people are still doing it, but how do you do it? Well, I think one thing that's hard to understand is how intense Second Life can be and people fall in love very quickly here. Mm -hmm. Um, People get pretty intense relationships pretty pretty quickly here. It's something I've thought about a lot. Why does that happen? And the conclusion I've drawn is, you know, you don't have all the distractions of real life. You don't have to go on five dates with somebody with the waiter interrupting you or some kid sitting behind you in the movie theater interrupting you. Um, You can get to know somebody with no distractions very intensely, very quickly. And when you're in a a virtual environment, maybe you're using a webcam, maybe you're using voice, maybe you're not, and that person is focused on you and you're focused on them, it it can be really incredibly intense. Again, no, it's not the same as skin-on-skin contact looking into somebody's eyes, but I think think it can be pretty strong, for sure. Okay. Okay, very cool. Well, if, if you don't mind, Eva, I got one more question for you. Sure. If, if I'm out there listening and I'm saying, well, I'll, I don't know, I want to go check this out. How do I get started? Well, the first thing that you have to do is go visit the Second Life website. And their website is uh, www.secondlife.com. You uh, can sign up for an account there. It is free to sign up. And uh, once you get your account, you just uh, follow the links and you can get into the um, virtual world. Uh, One big change that has happened in Second Life in the past year, it happened this spring, is that in order to access adult content now in Second Life, you have to be age verified. Um, I understand there's some legislation in the U.S. I'm not totally familiar with it being Canadian, but um, there are some concerns that some legislation might be implemented that is going to hold certain people responsible for um, what you can access on different uh, different sites. So Second Life has made these changes where you have to provide a piece of ID to prove you're an adult. So that could be a driver's license, passport, etc., depending on what city you live in. Uh, it's kind of a pain in the ass, but if you don't do it, you're going to be um, relegated to all of the PG places, which can also be very interesting and fun. But if you're coming looking for some fetish fun, you're not going to have much luck unless you're age verified. So I highly recommend doing that. Um, When you get into Second Life, if you are interested in the femdom uh, community, I recommend checking us out, of course. There's also some other great organizations. FetLife uh, does have a presence in Second Life. There's a FetLife sim there as well, which holds great classes and discussions, so you can check that out. And, um, you know, just get out there and, and experiment and have fun, and it's a big, huge world with lots of people from all over the place, and it's a great opportunity to have some new experiences. So if you haven't tried it, I, I recommend giving it a try for sure. Fantastic. And, and how can we find out more about the Dominion Fendom? 
well, you can visit our website, dominionfemdom.com, and it's got links to our YouTube videos, our Flickr page, Femdom Magazine. Um, we're on Facebook now. We just actually started a Facebook group a couple of days ago, and, of course, we're on FetLife under the Dominion Femdom. If anybody comes to visit, they can, they're more than welcome to IM me under my name in Second Life, which is Evangeline Eames, and um, I'm happy to help them out. Fantastic. Eva, you have been fantastic, and we appreciate the information. Mm-hmm. Uh, just been a wonderful interview, and thank you very much. It's been my great pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me. My pleasure. Mm-hmm. we got to go. I'm, I'm, a little, <laughs> I'm a little rusty at this, but I'm going to go cyber your ass, Tom. <laughs> Sweet. Coming up next week. Gender with Mary Kay. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Dan. Bye, Jim. Music heard on Erotic Awakening, Free by White Knight, Strawberry Jam by Jerry Bradley, and Wanda by 31D1 is provided from the Podshow Podsafe Network. More information can be found at music.podshow.com.